I want to reiterate for those listening that uh, I said just cut it off, and that's kind of like counterproductive. But taking your actor friend, obviously, I'm I was an actor growing up, and uh, yeah. and uh, knowing that me losing my hair in my mid twenties probably could have affected my career in a certain way. I'd stop acting around then anyway, but in general, like that's a that's a big factor, right? I mean, sure. No twenty five year old wants to be, you know you know, on the Bruce Willis track that early because you're not going to be able to play those roles yet, right? For sure. Now I think I'm just getting into the age range where it wouldn't it wouldn't even matter at the type of roles that I'm playing. It's it's perfectly fine for me to be a bald individual. Totally. You know, but for a fifteen year gap I I would have been kind of limited to certain types of, of roles, right? Of course. Yeah. Well I mean how many times do you see in today's world male sort of younger male celebrities that are bald it's it's rare you know maybe you go back 30 years there was a higher prevalence of it maybe like vin diesel i think like and he was you know probably like in his late 20s early 30s and he just came out bald but it's almost uh approached in like a more like masculine like this is on purpose not because i'm bald type of deal right sure um, and I think a lot of these guys are bald and actually are wearing pieces and wigs. I mean, I've, I've heard like all the tabloids about singers and this nature and stuff. I mean, it's a big deal. Obviously, these guys have made, uh, created downlines of like whole, you know, uh, tons of people eat off of this machine that is this person or character sure. or musician. And it's presented as this package and, you know, Brad Pitt doesn't isn't Brad Pitt without the everything that makes him up. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, you go back. So Sean Connery, yeah. James Bond. Yeah. Would they have cast him if he wasn't wearing a system? I don't know. No. I mean, I don't think so. I mean, if we're I think so. <clears throat> as guys identifying with this, you know, just badass figure who can get all the ladies, typically you're going to envision somebody with hair. I mean, for the most part. Yeah, I mean, there's not too many Jason Stathams or like guys like this in that nature. And we're in a different time period now where it's like almost romanticized in a certain fashion. But sure. uh, but going back, no, I mean, you wanted Pierce Brosnan and you didn't want, you know, Sean Connery with no hair. Roger Moore had a he- thick old head of hair too, right? So do we have any James Bonds that didn't have hair? Now that I'm thinking about it. I, I mean, Sean Connery aged as one, but... uh uh I mean, Daniel Craig's hair isn't super, super thick, I guess. I guess he's the, the closest to, like, yeah, realism, you know what I mean? Right, They yeah. let him age, like, gracefully over the, the period of time. Totally. You know? And you've seen that his hair's gotten thinner and he's gotten more, you know, masculine, so to speak. Sure. But he was a rough James Bond to begin with, right? Oh, yeah. I mean... That wasn't your Pierce Brosnan no. transfer over phase. And people had a hard time adapting to it. I think he was my preference, actually. I love it. I yeah, I love Casino, like I thought Casino Royale was incredible. Absolutely. I love that they made it real. But some people like the Inspector Gadget type, Pierce Brosnan type of uh, James Bond as well. You know? Yeah. We're interested to see where it's going next. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm sure the next guy's gonna have hair. They're they're trying to go young. They said because they want somebody that can carry the franchise. But we'll see. Okay. Yeah. yeah. They, they they were thinking like younger than, than not, you know? So we'll see how that turns out. Sure. I've seen a, a lot of people been thrown around, but you never know where that's going to go. Okay. Carried another 20, 30 years? About 30, but yeah, they'd like to see somebody do 15 probably. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. Because that's, I mean, Daniel Craig at 15, I think. Yeah. It goes by quicker than you think, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. Those are some of my favorite, some of my favorite films. Obviously technology's gotten better, but I thought that they were much more realistic, maybe not from a spy sense, but from a James Bond sense, right? Otherwise we're gonna have to call Andrew and he's gonna pop that bubble again. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Our buddy Andrew Bustamante, he's the everyday spy. He worked for the CIA, so he uh, he kind of we had him on the show, and he kind of divulged like that, you know. Nice. It's we're, not really James Bond, bro. Not even, if we're if we're if we're getting in gunfights, we didn't do our job properly, obviously. Right. And that's but, not their their that's not what they do, you know. So they don't travel with weapons either. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's interesting. Watch the public uh, the public perception of of what these things actually are or not, you know. But for the movies, they're great. Oh yeah. What's this uh, device that you have here on the table in front of us? So this is a uh, ProScope. They actually don't make them anymore. Um, But the ProScope is a simply 50 times magnification device. So when I see somebody in person, like there's really literally no reason for me to see somebody in person unless I'm scoping their head. Outside of that, people can uh, see you remotely. They can see me remotely. I have an app that's coming out that that app will allow hopefully people to self-diagnose and be able to scan your blood tests and actually tell you exactly what to take. Um, there's all sorts of really cool things in there. I'm, um, it's it, I wanted it to be in beta for this, um, but you know, we're held up just a little bit. But, are tricky, so we get it. Okay, all yeah. right. Well, yeah. I mean, if you found... Just in general, I've just heard, I've never developed anything, like. but, uh, but, uh, in general, it's, it's, uh, I hear from everybody that's just, I got some partners that are developers that I can connect with. Maybe they can okay. point you in the right direction. Straighten this out. Yeah. But, um, so the microscope allows me to see basically what's going on in the back, which is typically the zone that is relatively neutral. Cause it's certainly not going to be affected by DHT. So if there's any hair loss back here, then that is nutritional or inflammatory. I'd say about 80% of the time when I look at the back of somebody's scalp, there is in fact additional hair loss back there. So very rarely is anybody just one type of hair loss. So I look at that, I compare it to what's going on the top, front, sides. I can tell you where you're going to grow hair, where you're not going to grow hair in a course of a treatment. And, you know, is there some other crazy thing going on? Like, do you have fungal infection? Is there a ton of Demodex on your scalp? Demodex is a little tiny parasite that feeds off of your hair follicles. When you're immunocompromised, they'll actually get inside your hair follicles, lay eggs, and then they'll basically take over that follicle and move from follicle to follicle to follicle. And some people have a handful, not a big deal. Some people, their entire scalp is filled with Demodex. How often is that? Is that, do you find that? About 10, 15% of the time. Really? So they literally have bugs that are causing their hair loss. Yeah. And microscopic. Oh yeah. They're only, I think they're, I think they're 0.3 millimeters. Maybe they're about a millimeter long and you can see them out of the microscope. It's wild. I mean, you can't see them moving obviously because they're too small. But you know what they look like comparatively to other things. And you, you need to go through a specific protocol to get rid of them because if you just don't wash your hair, that's, enough and oftentimes if you are immunocompromised nutritionally deficient and you're not washing your hair that they just they get in there and they take hold talking about washing your hair how often should someone wash their hair if you are losing your hair and or you have a scalp condition you should be washing daily is that like like i remember like nioxin and these things right is that yes shampoo sure 
it's supposed to break up DHT or calcification, whatever they used to tell you at the, the haircutting place. Yeah, I mean, so it's very rare that shampoo does a whole lot. Yeah. However, either I have a colleague who's in Brazil, he started to use an ultrasound to measure the efficacy of his shampoo to see if it increased circulation, to see if basically like ultrasound that you'd, you know, look yeah. for something going on physically, the different layers of the ultrasound allow to see, you know, the impact of blood flow, uh, impact on subcutaneous fat, impact on inflammation. And he proved at least that this one shampoo is something that was actually improving somebody's overall scalp condition, which should encourage hair growth. Interesting. So there's hope. There is hope. Yeah, for the shampoo. But in that case, most of the time. But so they should be washing daily if they're losing their hair. Absolutely. For a bald man such as myself, what do you suggest? I mean, if for you care, hair care. You sense. should probably be washing your scalp. So you can go ahead and I mean, essentially, do I you still want... use a shampoo or do I use like a face wash or something? No, definitely use a shampoo. A shampoo. Yeah, because your your scalp originally had 100,000 hair follicles on it. And so even though they're miniaturized doesn't mean that they're not, you know, deserving of attention. Yeah. So in that case, you can use the shampoos, take the pads of your fingers and literally sort of scrub the surface of your scalp all the way down to the nape of the neck, back to the front, let it sit. And sometimes like our shampoo is pretty drying because it will actually, it's designed to get rid of the uh, sebaceous activity so that you'll actually get rid of Demodex, get rid of any fungus, um, break down any excess sebum that may be impairing your uh, hair follicle structure a little bit. But you want to then you actually condition your scalp with a natural conditioner. And what's that? Coconut oil? No, that's actually typically not good. Um, but so we have a, a scalp therapy conditioner that I recommend that you actually put into your scalp and massage that in, let it sit. It's sort of like if you were gonna, you know, tone and then moisturize type of thing. So, or cleanse, tone and moisturize. It's sort of like the shampoo would be the cleanser and the moisturizer would be the conditioner. Mm -hmm. So it just treats those individual follicles better. And it certainly would improve your overall scalp health for anybody, really. Yeah. Interesting. There's hope. I'm definitely not uh, uh, washing in those. Yeah. Uh, about it, I guess. And I probably have gone away from shampoo. Is there, is somebody's using a regular shampoo? Is there a range of what is better than others or not? Most shampoos, store bought shampoos, are filled with crap. Yeah. They just have the sodium lauryl sulfate, the propylene glycols, the all the the additives, yeah. And in some cases, it's really bad. But if you're going to use a shampoo, you want to have something that has probably, you know, tea tree oil in it, uh, maybe neem oil. These are very sort of healthy for the scalp microbiome. Um, there's actually new shampoos that have sort of bacterial stabilization for the scalp microbiome. I'm not sure how much I believe in that. A lot of the you know, the clinical studies are funded by the companies that actually produce the shampoos. <laughs> so you go, eh, not sure. Does anyone outside of yourself make a shampoo that's readily available that doesn't have all the crap in it? Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of shampoos. So, I mean, there's a couple shampoos like um, there's a natural shampoo, Giovanni, mm -hmm. that they it comes in these really sort of bizarre rectangular uh, containers. Their products are pretty good. They're all natural. 
and you know they use the tea tree they use the neem they're not weighing things down with a ton of of miscellaneous oils because oils on your scalp are actually bad they will disrupt the scalp microbiome if you're going to do oils do castor do uh you can do coconut but you only want to keep it on your scalp for like 30 minutes to 45 minutes maybe three times a week and then shampoo that off your head you leave it on your head you're going to disrupt the normal oil flow you're going to attract bacteria fungus and parasites so you want to make sure that you're doing it you know sparingly if you're going to do it emu oil is actually very very good uh, as well but emu you have to kill the emu to extract the emu oil do you? and yeah people don't like that although I, I used to use it in the clinic and it is the, the amazing oil right it is an amazing i used oil. to carry it in my cannabis store actually there was a lady that made a, a emu oil uh cannabis topical i didn't know that you had to kill the the, the emu in them yeah there's this it makes me think twice about this lady though well i mean you know maybe, it's, maybe it's it an effective oil super effective but there's yeah. this big fat pouch where the emus make the sound from mm -hmm. so when i started using emu oil in the clinic there was a sustainable emu farm in Peoria, Arizona. And I went out to it and there's not a cloud in the sky. And I hear this thunder and I'm like, where is this coming from? Turns out it's the emus communicating with this big fat pouch. And that's how they, they, they communicate. And it's like, and I mean, they also then, you know, use the meat, they use the, you know, everything the feet for chew toys, but you're still have to kill emo. Interesting. Well, the circle of life, I suppose, but uh, <laughs> I don't even know how to answer that one. Right. So I mean, I have one emo friend. Do you want me to look at your scalp under yeah. the microscope? You want All to right. So I'm going to start in the back. So this is typical. Well, Jay, you're getting that with that. Get the, get that. Yeah. And I'm going to, I just focused on the computer screen, you know? Start out with a ton of hair. So you can tell a lot by how close the individual follicles are. Mm -hmm. And I mean, whenever I see, I mean, your density is actually very good. This is on the donor? Yep. So you can see that that's a transplanted hair because it's obviously thicker than the surrounding hairs. And you can see the swelling around there a little bit. Yep. There's another cluster. If I can just thicken up the surrounding hairs, it would look night and day difference. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can see how those small little ones, what we're viewing is a square centimeter. So if these things, I mean, these are only five millimeters long, maybe. So the thicker hair is the transplanted hair and then the thin hairs are natural? That's right. Yeah. And especially if you lost it more in the front, first i did so then you would have more viable hair back and viable i mean responsive hair what do you see you see anything going on that is a, a, a sign of i mean i see some of those little parasites right there do you yeah that excretion right there in the middle of the screen those guys right yep. there that thing that kind of looks like it's sticking up yep yeah so you also notice there's no hair growing out of that hair follicle correct good news is it's active 
So the you get rid of what's growing out of there, and you'll probably end up, you know, getting something small being produced. So then you've seen one. There wasn't a bunch. No, I mean, oftentimes people will have some. Also, looks like my scalp's just pissed. I mean, it doesn't look too bad actually. I mean, here you've got some flaking. That oftentimes happened too with a lot of hair transplants, just because. There is some inflammation because it's... Plus, I've been wearing a hat all weekend. Oh, there you go. Does that stick around forever, or does it... No, not necessarily. Luckily, I keep it pretty tight, and they just did a minor fill-in just because. I was like, all right. So, random question for you. Does drug and alcohol abuse affect people's hair? Yes, absolutely. Um, in one particular case, a gentleman had extraordinary hair loss early, because of his alcohol addiction. And so typically what comes along with addiction is obviously you're not eating properly. You're not uh, taking care of yourself. You may be using anything and everything. And if that's the case, I mean, your body is, is starved physically, um, but you also are creating a tremendous amount of inflammation. And so you end up, your system, your liver, your kidneys, these are things in Chinese medicine they actually uh, have ingredients that are used in some of these uh, supplements that are specifically targeted for hair loss, like FOTI, which cleanse the liver and the kidneys. And when you're really aggressively toxifying the liver and the kidneys, it will immediately lead to hair loss or exacerbation of male pattern loss, female pattern loss. It can induce intelligent effluvium. It can induce, which is a, a really quick shed of hair. You can lose up to 33% of your hair in six months. You could trigger alopecia areata, which is something that is, starts out at those spots, but then it can spread. And sometimes, you know, drug use may be something that is prescribed and you don't even know. I mean, it could be a, uh, a blood pressure med that doesn't agree with you. It could be blood pressure and cholesterol med that doesn't agree with you. I've seen Adderall be a problem. I've seen Wellbutrin be a problem. And so it's doing the same thing physically and it's causing this sort of downward spiral for those individuals. So if you can live clean, if you can, you know, try not to take meds, obviously try not to abuse yourself with addiction. I mean, some people, I mean, it's a disease. It is you got to get it under control, but it is certainly a factor. I didn't realize how much micropigmentation fucking hurt, though. Well, I mean, it's a, I'm just tattooed. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. I was in the chair for like four hours. When you're Might as well get tattooed. so sensitive. Oh, dude, and it was like two days post of a transplant. I'm like, Oof. this just sucks. You got it two days after a transplant? Yeah. Oh, bro. So they skipped the areas they took shit from, but still, like I'm not the smartest man in the world, but I know that that's probably not a good idea. That that sounds. Like, I mean, your body is was so pissed. I was in tears. I'm, I believe it. I was, and the doctor's like, "What's wrong?" I'm like, "Seriously, like it fucking hurts." <laughs> of course it does. Are these parasites or these things? Uh, do they cause any other health complications besides hair loss? No, and they don't even cause hair loss. It's just. They typically will, there's these little things called epithelial cells and they're cells that basically are basically coming from your skin and they're becoming hair and they'll get in there and they'll start eating the sebum and they'll start eating a little bit of the uh, epithelial cells. It's not going to cause hair loss, 
but it's not going to help you With decrease hair. inflammation. So I want your scalp as clean as possible, as healthy as possible. I want, you know, my clients to have the best response possible. And I, I try to leave no stone unturned. I mean, like the gentleman who I was talking about earlier from Florida, I mean, I, I'm re referring him out to get microneedling. Um, if he wanted to go get PRP, he can go, you know, get PRP from, but only from a reputable place that I've seen the results from already. And there's a new procedure now called the, uh, the Alma TED. And it is an ultrasound procedure where they essentially are blasting your scalp with ultrasound, which is obviously totally safe, but it just improves the absorption of a topical that they have. Plus it will seemingly stimulate cellular recovery. So it becomes another method of sort of scalp stimulation. And I don't have, I, I have a very surface understanding of it. I have a couple of colleagues that do it and they seem to be getting good results. It's about the same as really good PRP or it's about the same as probably really good laser. But if you do everything synergistically and so say you do the Almated with the laser, with minoxidil, with finasteride internally, and then you use, you know, all the appropriate supplements to mitigate your situation, you're doing, you know, sort of your own scalp massage or um, basically just taking care of your body, changing your diet, you will have a, a very powerful result. How do you feel about those red light hats? So that's how I got started in all this. Okay. Um, I was one of the first freestanding laser clinics that wasn't attached to a hair transplant facility in the United States in Phoenix. And that's what really worked for me. Turns out unknowingly, I predominantly had diffuse alopecia areata which was causing my loss early on. And I responded really, really well to low level laser therapy and nobody was doing it in the U S and I'm like, and they didn't, they certainly didn't have these at home units. And I found a company in Australia that were selling the units. And, and that's how all of this started because I opened wow. a clinic with, uh, lasers when I was 22. Uh, my dad owned a salon. I was like, Hey, you know, I, I can I borrow some money to get one of these lasers and He's like, well, here's a room and pay me back and let's get this party started. Wow. So that's how it all started. What I didn't realize is that laser is only a little piece. You mm -hmm. have to do everything else with it or it's not going to work. These companies that are selling now 300 diode lasers, it's absurd. It's like laser is stimulating blood flow and it's stimulating uh, cellular regeneration. It's basically forcing energy into the cell. So when you end up having all of this energy into the cell, you only need enough to simulate it, not too oh, much. Stimulated. And exactly. And then you literally become overstimulated. So all of these physicians that are selling these 300 unit lasers, in my opinion, are doing their clients a disservice. And I can hear the physicians that I know going, why are you saying that, Will? Um, but I think the maximum device that you should use is an ADE diode device. And I think that you should probably start, depending upon your hair color, uh, with something you know smaller than that, like a 60 diode device. And when we were really getting the best results in the clinic, I was using a clinical device that was 30 diodes and 60 diodes. And I saw people lose hair with 60 diodes. Wow. So it was overstimulating at 60. Well, and you're 
You'd start smaller, go 30. Yeah, you start smaller and work your way up. I mean, the woman that I saw yesterday in the clinic, she was using a 12 diode laser comb. And I'm not a huge fan of that product for a lot of reasons, but it was working for her. So it's just a little bit of stimulus. It's like working out. I mean, you're not going to go in and bench press 400 pounds if you've never been in the gym before. If you did, you get crushed, literally. Yeah. Or, you know, blow out a tricep. Something. Yeah. And so that's where you want to you, you want to start small and work your way up. Think of it like running, working out, any any physical activity. Is there any uh, um, precursor to underlying health implications based off of hair loss or what you see? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there are, I mean, so a, many. Is it like a thing that you can see with certain people that there's underlying conditions that maybe more not just obviously uh, cosmetic, but uh, bad for them in general? I mean, if you are losing your hair due to nutrition, because your zinc is low, your D is low, and your ferritin is low, that means your immune system is not working at full capacity. And you're gonna be more susceptible to viruses, more susceptible to cancer, more susceptible to uh, digestive disruptions and uh, other skin abnormalities. So that's one. Um, there are other things like um, psoriatic arthritis, which I feel as though there's a link with psoriatic arthritis and obviously psoriasis, but I've seen a lot of people with alopecia areata kind of have these undertones of psoriatic arthritis or people who have psoriatic arthritis have also alopecia areata, which is an autoimmune condition. The, uh, something called uh, CCCA, which predominantly affects African-American women, it's the chemicals usually in the relaxers that they're using regularly to relax hair those chemicals are creating enough toxicity on the scalp that their immune system's freaking out wow. and causing scarring that is then overtaking the hair follicle and literally consuming the hair follicle so you go well maybe this chemical exposure i mean if that's what it's doing to your scalp and you absorb 10 percent of everything you put on your scalp what's going on inside your body Man. And I mean, you, there's other conditions, um, blood pressure issues. If you're on medications, that's going to usually cause uh, or ex exacerbate hair loss, diabetes, thyroid. Hair can be a representation of general wellness. For the women, because um, we didn't touch on them much, but I want to uh, put something in there. How bad is the coloring and the treatments and stuff that they do to their hair for vanity? Um, most of the time it's not that bad. The, the color that I see that is an issue, bleach, bleach, uh, and Can't permanent hair color. And what is permanent hair color? And again, I'm not a stylist. Yeah. Um, so I, there's some chemical issue with the permanent versus semi-permanent, uh, versus temporary. And I'm sure again, stylist friends are like, what are you saying? Will you don't know what you're talking about, but I've seen <laughs> the the permanent color be a problem for if you're going to have a problem with it, it's usually the permanent hair color how and, bad is bleach for someone that bleaches their hair like uh often i mean i've seen my mom's hair deteriorate from the 80s uh on from bleaching constantly i mean the bleach is more of an issue with creating a level of inflammation that's just going to slowly you know cause the hair more hair to fall out but it's it's not ideal. 
Uh, I don't think it's a health risk. I can't, again, I don't know what it is about the permanent color that, I mean, I've seen people have physical allergic reactions to it. Yeah. Um, it's a chemical. Yeah, it's a chemical. But it will thin them out over time as well, coloring and treating and doing all these things. Not, not necessarily. Ex no, yeah, certainly not necessarily. I'd say most of the time it's not a problem. It's for those individuals who are sensitive, mm -hmm. that becomes a problem for them. I mean, I had one client who, a female, she, every time that she had a permanent color treatment, she would shed within three to four weeks. And she only did it every three to four months. And then every single time she'd be growing a ton of hair, she'd go get her hair colored. And then all of a sudden she'd dump. And I'm like, what's going on? Like, how is this happening? And then we isolate, isolated it to the hair color. She stopped doing that. She switched to henna. She just did it at home. She wasn't happy with how her hair looked per se, but she had more hair. Lesser of the two evils. Exactly. Um, is there anything you missed? Oh, this could be hours, but no. Personally, <laughs> what do you have on here? That you want to... No. Well, well, I guess, you know, most people just wash their hair real quick and they're done. How long should someone be washing their hair and massaging the scalp in that process? So um, for our shampoo, typically I'm going to recommend... And this is only if you have a good shampoo. If you don't have a good shampoo and you're using like, you know whatever, some random store-bought thing, don't do this. But if you have a good shampoo that's actually therapeutic on your scalp, get about a quarter size onto your hand, you get that onto your hair and scalp, and then you take the pads of your fingers and you massage it in all the way down to the nape of the neck and then all the way back to the front and let it sit for two to three minutes. You then repeat. And when you repeat, you end up basically popping the tops of any pustules, if there's any demodex, if there's any fungus, then the undertone, the underlying inflammatory state is exposed because you peeled off that first layer. You do shampoo again, and basically it would just the same procedure, let it sit for a minute or two, and then you'll finish that with a uh, healthy hydrating scalp conditioner. Daily. Daily, but that's if you're losing hair. So someone like me. Yes, but is if you're that, not um... losing hair, you can get away with every third or fourth day or maybe once a week. What about water temperature? Does that play a factor? Chlorine, these type of things that we're exposed to in the city? I keep getting that question recently. It's a great question. So I have seen hard water mm -hmm. cause hair loss in some cases. I've seen soft water solve that problem. Wow. The sodium good, calcium bad. Okay. Um, chlorine, so I had a, a, a licensed clinic in Woodland Hills. Apparently, there is a tremendous amount of iron in the water in Woodland Hills. Okay. So we're going back. This is 2007, 2008. And the, they had to actually change the formula for their bleach because when they were apparently putting the bleach on particular people's hair, it would become red rather than blonde because of, it was actually creating rust from the iron wow. stored in their hair. Wow. So an iron toxicity is certainly problematic and you don't want that. So if you can drink, you know, filtered water, uh, chlorine is awful for you, you know, in general, in general and being vaporized and steam, obviously. Yes. That's actually a, a, a big one. That's, uh, that's pretty sure vaporized chlorine is like a, it's like a chemical bomb. Yeah. Kill us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, fluoride is not ideal either. Yeah. 
Um, so if you can get, get back to filtered water, some filtered type of natural water, natural H2O, this is talking about like what we began this conversation about. Yeah. If we lived like we lived, mm -hmm. spring water, this wouldn't even be a conversation. Exactly. I remember there was this, um, there's a McDonald's between uh, San Diego and Phoenix in Yuma. And in this McDonald's, because I used to make that trip because when I was living in San Diego and going back and forth to Phoenix all the time, I'd stop at this McDonald's to use the restroom. I wouldn't order anything. Sorry, McDonald's. <laughs> um, but I was in and out. They had these old timey pictures from like 100 years ago and all these guys standing out, you know, in the, the fields. No shirts. No, no shirts. Exact giant flowing manes. Every single picture. And you got, and then they were probably in their forties. I mean, based on either that or they just aged really quickly because of all the sun. That happened too, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Seems like they looked a lot older back then. Totally. Um, but I was thinking to myself, I'm like, man, these guys were living exactly how you're supposed to be living. They're out there sweating profusely, cleansing your body of toxins from, you know, through your kidneys, through your skin, and they're getting the vitamin D. They're probably eating what they pull from the soil. And that soil hadn't been, you know, totally eradicated from, you know, all the things that we do to it now. Biophosphate and start there. Yeah. <laughs> so it's... And monocropping farming. Basically. Exactly. That's pretty much the, the, the curse to everything, you know? So we should just, I mean, you know, if it, if it all goes up in smoke, maybe the next generation will learn a little bit more than than we did i see a uh you know they're leaning towards holistical approaches so that's good man I, I i agree with that people are starting to look at that and even western medicine is now taking a look at eastern medicine and kind of re uh calibrating everything which is, can't be bad no i think it's great and you've yeah. got functional doctors that are do's or you know i mean they're they've been at least medically trained and they're going we're doing a lot of this sort of, you know, allopathic thing incorrectly. And so it's spreading slowly but surely, which is great. Good. Back to the water temperature, just for people. Oh yeah, sorry. Lot, but no, no, it's fine. What temperature do you use when you wash your hair? I mean- Do you some... take hot showers? Yeah, I take normal hot showers. I recently, I, I've trying to be a, uh, at, at 44 years old, I'm trying to, I made a commitment to myself. I want to live to a hundred. Mm -hmm. So there's certain things that I started doing that I didn't do before. So I take a normal hot shower. It's probably like 105 degrees, maybe 108. And then uh, I finish the last like 30 seconds. A buddy of mine Cold. in Ohio it was like, dude, it's the most invigorating thing. And I'm going... I worked my way up to 30 seconds. I'm still, I mean, these guys would do the cold. You lose your breath, right? I do. Like yeah. you just, it's shocking. You. shocking. I saw fucking Tim get in the drink cooler yesterday at the end of class. And I'm like, why would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> um, women tend to shower hotter. Do they? Oh yeah. Yeah. Every time like I get in the shower, my yeah. girl's been in, I'm like, it seems to be a, 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 a common theme with, with that women can, ex they, they respond to the heat of a shower differently. They run, they run colder. Yeah, they run colder, I guess, would be a better My wife takes scorching hot showers. See? That's, that's, that's not just your wife, it's it's wives. It's general. wives in general. <laughs> okay. The place. Yeah. Um, does that, a, a, but that's not a, it doesn't affect you. I don't think it's You haven't issue. seen anything. Yeah, I mean, because well, if you follow that same thought process, you know, I recommend that people to to go get a steam, a sh, you know, steam shower yeah. or just sweat yeah. in some capacity. So. I would push some stuff out. Yeah, you want to, I mean, your hair is growing from your skin. 
So if you can get any toxins that are sort of, you know, in that talking sauna or steam room, you want to get some stuff out of you. That yeah, absolutely. Stimulates and helps for sure. Wow. And and a good shower after to break it all up. Yeah. So I mean, relax we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I don't think it matters much unless you're injuring yourself in some way. Gotcha. Um, before we wrap up, uh, we usually have the guest uh, uh, kind of wrap up with um, just something they would like to share or if there's any points that you didn't get to as well. And then also please add um, all of your social websites um, and the products and things and Thanks we'll for people to reach you. Link it all down below for you. Sure. Well, thank you. Um, I would like to add, you know, I there are people who have told me numerous times that they're suicidal from their hair loss. Wow. Oh, sure. And that always, when you have somebody like that and you're sitting across from you in your office, you know, on one hand, I'm very empathetic. And I'm like, look, you know, the first thing that I will say is you are more than your hair. Now you can't control whatever, whatever else is going on in their life. But, you know, I would like to say to whomever is just hyper distraught, you know, you are more than your hair. Like, it's okay. Like, you will, there is life beyond hair. Um, so, take that. That's my primary takeaway. Yeah. Um, however, if you want to do something about it, here's <laughs> all my social profiles. <laughs> um, so, my YouTube channel is uh, William Gonnett's Trichologist. Same thing on Instagram. Those are my two most active, um, you know, repurposed on TikTok, which is will gonnett's trichologist and then my company which is advanced trichology.com um that you know we all everything that i've learned over the last 21 years i put into my products i'm still coming out with new products i have a new one that launched three four weeks ago uh and you can find all that research there you can learn whatever i'm doing there uh as well as you know i have an app uh, that's coming out and then I to self-diagnose at home and then ultimately to I do have a podcast which I will most likely start back up again I took a huge hiatus uh, which is uh, the trichologist podcast and that'll start back up in January can non-patients of yours buy stuff from your website oh yeah absolutely so I mean we from uh, advanced trichology <clears throat> from that perspective we want people to start you know to, to empower themselves like I don't want everybody to have to talk to me because a you know i don't have enough time in the day and then b if you can empower yourself you can learn for yourself then you can you can use those tools for the rest of your life to keep your hair so you don't have to end up in a situation where you have a hair system or you're doing something you know wild crazy to keep or you just hair. look like me <laughs> again it looks good on you so you're good here <laughs> there it is um we appreciate your time appreciate and all of the knowledge. Yeah, that was really cool. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we've, uh, we've never gotten into this and obviously it's, uh, you know, the bother big. we're not all yeah, in the horse, but, uh, too. but we're, we're, we look to be patients. Yep. <laughs> there you go. Right on. Well, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. We appreciate, um, that. And, uh, yeah, that's, uh, I like what you said as well, cause that is deep and I'm sure women as much as men, I mean, if not more more i would think that this is troubling for a woman that is you know went oh, yeah. from a beautiful head of hair to thinning and then losing it's got to be uh um, very traumatic um so what it does to them so thanks for that you know yeah of course we are more than our hair or our our, our looks or you know we all I have agree. something to offer so all righty guys like comment subscribe 
See you on the next one.